can't make anything simple. <laughs> that metaphor, fishing for people, has always rubbed me in the wrong way. <laughs> Apparently, it was inspiring enough that Andrew and Simon left everything, their livelihood, their families, their stability, left it all behind to follow Jesus. So it must have been compelling to them. But I wonder if you have ever heard this story from the Bible used as a way to talk about evangelism. Anybody? Have you ever heard people talk about the fact that Jesus invites us to follow him too, which would require us to fish for people? Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> for a long time, I went with this metaphor, assuming that my task as a disciple of Jesus was to, like, cast out the line, hook the non-believers, and reel them in to the body of Christ. For a long time, I was taught to see the, myself as the fisher, the fisherwoman, I guess, the one who stood on the land, the firm ground of God's kingdom, while the rest of the world were unknowing fish, swimming blindly in the sinful sea of the world. In many ways, this worked for me, and it works for many people. It works to make zealous disciples, passionately trying to hook everyone, near or far, out of the peril of the ocean onto the dry land of the gospel. This way of thinking about discipleship and evangelism, it gave me a clear purpose. It gave me a sense of comfort, knowing that I had the secret, the truth with a capital T. But it always felt a bit manipulative to me. If my task was to fish for people, to bring people to Christ, that meant I had to use bait and had to hook them, which was violent. You know, had to reel them out of their lives, out of the water, onto dry land, where fish do not thrive. You know, <laughs> I grew weary of that kind of discipleship, of hooking people and reeling the line in by force. It became exhausting to try to find the right bait, you know, 
fishing metaphor is still a bit too violent for me, <laughs> and definitely not a perfect metaphor. I think it points to something that American Christianity has missed about Jesus' message. Jesus was not calling people to stand on the shore and hook individual people into salvation. Jesus was not interested in individual salvation at all. Jesus was about gathering people up into the boat, about the whole salvation of a whole community, not just one soul. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he was much less interested in the things we have historically focused on as the church, whether people are following the right religious rules, whether those people are saying the right kind of prayer, even about salvation after we die. Jesus didn't seem concerned about those things. Jesus was so focused on loving people right now, right here, the kingdom of God, not far off, but possible right in this instant. He was interested in critiquing the systems that kept people poor, that kept people separate, that kept people hating those who were different from them. Jesus was interested in communities being healed. And, yes, he did care about individual people and their individual lives. And the healing of the whole. The best example I can think of is the story of the hemorrhaging woman in Luke's Gospel. My favorite story from Scripture. A woman who has been sick for decades and ostracized from her community because of her illness comes to Jesus as a last-ditch effort for healing. And she is healed simply by touching the cloak, the hem of his cloak. Jesus turns around and calls her daughter. He singles her out. He cares deeply about her individual experience and her individual life her individual healing. And he immediately after that uses his own power as a rabbi to make the whole community hear the woman's story. He knows, Jesus knows, that their liberation is bound up in hers. He knows that salvation does not end with one person being saved, although that was a miracle. Jesus knows that woman will never be truly healed until she is integrated back into her community. And that the community will never be whole until they have heard her story, have reckoned with the pain they have experienced by harming her. Jesus lives the truth that my liberation is bound up with yours. None of us is truly free until we are all free. I don't believe Jesus is interested in us being hook and line fishers, fishermen. Jesus is interested in the ways we come together on the boat 
the kingdom of God. There are so many ways that this church lives into our call to be the kingdom of God here and now. And I hope you will flip through our annual report full of beautiful pictures and stories and read about some of those examples from our fall talent show to our Sunday programming that invites children to ask big questions and allows adults to understand that the children are leading us in faith. From a truly intergenerational music team, in case you haven't seen it, to devoted chefs and volunteers who feed dozens of hungry people every week, we are showing up for each other in big and small ways. I have always said there is something magical about this place, about St. Andrews. We are far from perfect, and we make no claims to be perfect. It does happen that we hurt each other, even in the sacred circle of church. It does happen that people move on, that we make mistakes, that we miss the mark. And there is such a tangible sense that God's Spirit is moving in this place, despite all of that. Or maybe because of it. I like to say that at St. Andrews, we are anti-perfection and pro-participation. And what I really mean by that is that what's most important to us as a community is not efficiency or doing everything right. What's most important to us is people. What's most important is the invitation to everyone who comes through those doors to participate, to lead, and to make a mark here. Well, I have been in ministry alongside all of you at St. Andrews now for over three years, which is wild. And I have been sensing in the past season a shift in myself and in our church. My first three years ended up being about getting through COVID, although we have thrived in many ways through the pandemic, not just survived. And we were brought closer together through solving, having to solve new problems and being flexible. And in the past three years, we have articulated who we are as a church. Crisis within our church and school and in our larger community have been the thing that has allowed us to narrow down who we are, our core values. And we have articulated those values that hold us together. Grounded curiosity, loving justice, radical inclusion, and joyful authenticity. So what do the next three years hold? Or for that matter, what do the next 94 years hold? As this year is our 94th year as a parish. Like most mainline churches in America, we will have to continue to be nimble. You will see as we discuss our budget from 2022 and for projected for this year, that while our giving in our church is growing in amazing, healthy ways, our church operating budget is still in a deficit. The vestry, our elected leadership, has made it clear that they have no intention of decreasing staff. And we really don't have huge expenses for church programming. The big expense we have, our biggest challenge as a church, and our biggest opportunity is our building. 
this one right here. In many ways, this property is our greatest gift. Generations of people are all around us when we're here in this space. 94 years of faithful people who have loved St. Andrews, the sacred sanctuary that has held the prayers of this church family for almost a century. We have no debt. We have no mortgage. We are rich in real estate. <laughs> and we are a small parish. Yes, we give boldly and generously. And the decades-old model that pledges should be enough to cover the expenses of a church budget doesn't hold true for most churches anymore. This next year, our vestry will continue to pray together, to commit to deepening the spiritual vitality of our parish. And the vestry and staff, and hopefully all of us together, will focus on new ways that our building, buildings, actually plural, can serve our neighbors and support our parish. We can no longer afford to let this sanctuary sit empty six days a week. We can no longer afford to keep things the way they've been just because we love them. Our financial statements make it clear that we need new visions, new ways for our great asset, our facilities, to support our unique church community. St. Andrews is unlike any other church I've been a part of. People come here and say they feel like they belong. We have been serving our neighborhood for 80 years with our amazing preschool, where the lives of children are nurtured in wonderful ways. Through many times, <coughs> our church members have stepped up to keep putting plates of food in front of hungry people and getting to know the people who are eating them. There is a magic here in this place that is worth protecting, worth nurturing, and worth taking risks to preserve so that more people can be transformed by this incredible place. We are not in the business of hook and line fishing at St. Andrews, hooking people out of their lives. 